0: Welcome to Salem Fields Community Church. I'm your host, Pastor Jason. We're glad that you decided to join us for worship today. Just want to let you know a couple things that are coming up. On July 24th, we have our Paddle to Prayer uh, event that's taking place. You can meet at the City Docks of Fredericksburg at 6.30 p.m. Bring your kayaks, your canoes, your paddle boards, and you're going to paddle upstream and take time to pray for all those that have been affected by the uh, COVID-19 pandemic. And then you're going to be able to spend that time in fellowship as you kind of coast back down um, with the current to the docks and just enjoy that time together. We also have a special family connect uh, gathering that's going to take place at L'Oreal Park on July 31st. This is a great time for you to, to take your, your children out and to meet with uh, with Rainy and the children's ministry team as they go out there on, on the 31st. Bring your lawn chairs, your lunch. It's going to be at 1030 at L'Oreal Park on July 31st. Make sure that you're staying connected to Salem Fields by letting us know what's going on, um, maybe what prayer needs you have or uh, different ministry needs you may have by connecting with us through your connection card. You can fill that out today by going to SalemFields.com slash contact. Again, fill that card out and uh, let us know what's going on and how we can best serve you as your pastors and staff here at Salem Fields. Also, every Sunday, we don't want you to miss out through your children that have a time of worship. So we have a 1020 uh, children's service that takes place every Sunday at SalemFields.com live with uh, Rainey and the Children's Ministry Department. And then our students connect at 1035 with Pastor Tone. Again, this is every Sunday at SalemFields.com live. You don't want to miss out. Hey, make sure you're praying today for our pastors, James and Charity Anwa, as they continue to minister to those in the streets of Port Harcourt, Nigeria. Um, There's a great ministry where they reach out each and every week to many people um, throughout the, the Port Harcourt area. And then also pray for Manu cool buddy and his family as they minister there in India. Hey, don't forget to faithfully give in your tithes and offerings today. This is, again, the way that you can continue to put God first in all your areas of your life and continue to show worship towards him. You know, to give today is also to, um, to be able to make sure that the ministry takes place here at Salem Fields so that we can continue to make a difference in the, our local community and around the world. We hope that you uh, stick around for uh, more announcements at the end of the service where we'll find out what, how you can connect and stay connected to Salem Fields throughout the week. We hope you have a great time in worship today and this began to worship.
1: Stronger King of Glory, the King above all kings, oh oh. who shakes the polar holy thunder, Jesus breathless in awe and wonder the king of glory, the king above all kings. This is amazing grace, this is unfailing love. for me who brings our chaos back into order who makes the orphan a son and daughter the king of glory Shines like the sun in all of its brilliance The King of glory, the King above all kings Hey, this is amazing grace This is unfailing love That you would take my place That you would bear my cross
2: And I have the privilege today to share the scriptures with us. Hebrews 11 verses 30 and 31. It was by faith that the people of Israel marched around Jericho for seven days, and the walls came crashing down. It was by faith that Rahab the prostitute was not destroyed with the people in her city who refused to obey God, for she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. Our next verse is Hebrews chapter 12 verses 1 and 2.
3: so good to sing praises to our God and King. I love it when we do that. I pray you do as well. Speaking of prayer, hope you're praying for our nation as we go through all of the problems with the COVID virus and our world and how it's been affected. Let's also be praying for all of the social problems that are going on in our society and all the wars and problems around the world. In fact. We could get so wound up in all that's happening politically and all that's happening between nations and all that's happening in the area of medicine and problems with people with diseases that we could become troubled as Christians instead of exuberant and positive and optimistic. We need to be the people who recognize our God is in control. And so we know that as long as we're in the hollow of his hand, if we're in the center of his will, Nothing is impossible for us, and he's going to see us through every situation. So praise God. Let's be the victorious children of the King. I want to encourage you to also be praying for Salem Fields Community Church. We're coming up into very exciting new days as our pastor will be arriving, James Hayward, his wife Rose. I'm so thankful for their soon arrival in August. In fact, their first day will be August 10th in the offices. And then on the weekend of August 15 and 16, they will be leading our services. And I just say, let's pray for great days as we look to the future under the leadership of Pastor Hayward. I'm so glad for God's love and how he wants to lead us. And I pray that this service today will be a blessing to your heart and you will be lifted and encouraged. And as you move forward into this next new week, You will go forth with optimism and joy, knowing God is in control. He's got it all in his hands, and all we need to do is trust him. Praise the Lord. He loves you. He's got big plans for you. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I just want to praise your name. I love you today. I'm so glad you love me. The sun is shining in my heart, and I'm so glad for the presence of Jesus. And I pray, Lord, that you shine out of my life and out of our lives and help us to be the church you want us to be in this community not just as a collective group but individually as we go forth people would say now that is a Christian that's somebody that really loves Jesus I want that to be said about my life so Lord live in me shine in me shine through me and help others to see Jesus in me I want to speak the truth in love and help others find you as their personal Savior Bless Salem Fields Church of the Nazarene. Continue to lead us, Lord, as we move forward. You know about Pastor and Mrs. James Hayward. I pray, Lord, that you would bless them and their family and help them as they prepare to come to be our new pastor, that there will be an immediate connection of hearts and that his great talents and abilities will be used to combine with the impact of this church to just do tremendous things for God and the kingdom in the days ahead under your anointing. In your leadership, oh Lord, we pray. So we're glad to be in your house, in your presence, wherever two or three are gathered together in your name. There you are, even when we're collected up electronically. We know that you are with us and you can speak to our hearts. So help everything that's done in this service to be a blessing to people's hearts. We pray in the mighty, matchless name of Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. God bless you. Let's continue to worship.
1: Hallelujah in the presence of.
4: Welcome to church. We are so glad that you decided to join us. We hope you and your family as well. Uh, We're excited. We're continuing our series, Family Reunion, and and I love this series because I love kind of getting to look more at Jesus's family tree and just seeing kind of some of the characters that we come across, and uh, it's super interesting. You know, I've gone to a couple of family reunions, and, and let me tell you, there are certain people where you literally are sitting there wondering, how in the world am I related to you? It, it, you, you do. You have that thought. And you're like, you know what? I, I want to see uh, family trees. I want to see birth certificates because I am just blown right now. At, I, I just don't believe it. How we could possibly be related. And But what's really awesome is that when you actually start to search more of your family tree, uh, maybe it's not somebody crazy, maybe you start to realize you know what there's some pretty cool people uh in my family tree. you know, I really got into this whole uh ancestry thing a couple of years ago and my mom decided to disclose to me you know what on my mom like on her mom's side of the family uh they've kept records for decades, going all the way back centuries and um so I ended up like going through like the folder and it turns out that they could actually trace. Uh, our bloodline uh, back to somebody that was on the Mayflower so I'm like well this guy has to be awesome so I kind of dig a little further and I go crazy with the research and and I find out that you know what from this one guy that was on the Mayflower uh, they can trace uh, his lineage to um, the the two princes in in England uh, Prince William and Prince Harry uh, can trace to the Bush family uh, it can trace to uh, the Wilson family of Beach Boys fame, and it can even trace to Zac Efron. So uh, I've got royalty in my bloodline, I've got politics, I've got music, and I've got teen heartthrobs. So I've got it all in my DNA, y'all. So uh, it's pretty cool, though. It was just really interesting to find that out. And, but what's even crazier to me is actually when I start to look at the story of Jesus, and, and I start to really see all the people that were in his lineage, um, what's crazy to me is that there is this Amorite prostitute who became a part of the Israelite family tree and became the great-great-grandmother of King David. And then you add quite a few more greats in there uh, to our Lord and Savior Jesus. And so this woman's name is Rahab. Some of you have probably heard of her, but she had no business being a part of this lineage. You know, she was an Amorite Uh, And Amorites were these idolatrous people. They were just so sinful and their lifestyles would make you cringe. That's how bad they were. Yet this woman would not only be a part of the family lineage that includes Jesus, but was someone that even going into the New Testament in Hebrews 11, that the writer of that uh, includes her amongst the most faithful names in history. And so we're going to look at our text. We're going to go to Joshua chapter two. We're going to unpack this story, and and as we go into this text in Joshua two, uh, we're at a point in time where the Israelites have been led out of captivity uh, from Egypt through these amazing miracles and signs and wonders of God. Um, and but the amazing thing is, from being led out of captivity, they've been wandering around in the wilderness for the past forty years because. Of them lacking the faith in God that he was sufficient for them Um, even though he had delivered them from bondage he had fed them in the wilderness they didn't have to do a single thing he had been feeding them Um, they uh, were led by him the entire way protected and he had just I mean all these miracles before them yet they were still lacking the faith and trusting in him and and the generations that lack that faith have died off. God said, you're not going to enter into the promised land. And here this new generation has arisen that is faithful, that is trusting God, that knows that he is the God of all. And he is who he says he is. And, and they're ready. Let's, let's get into this promised land that God had promised us. And, and so now all that stands in their way from entering into that promised land is this giant fortress, this intimidating place called Jericho. And. Um, and it was intimidating to anyone that tried to conquer it. And and yeah, this new generation was faithful and they knew that God was on their side, but they also knew that they had to go through Jericho first. But so like any good military practice, you kind of want to go and scout things out. So uh, Joshua, who is now leading the Israelites after Moses has passed away, uh, he goes and he sends um, some spies to report back to him. Now I want to preface this that one of the reasons that the Israelites are wandering around in here 40 years in the wilderness and not entered into the promised land was because of this lack of faith. And 40 years ago, Moses had sent some spies into look out Jericho, 12 of them to be exact, and 10 came back going absolutely bonkers. They're absolutely terrified. Oh my gosh, this place, is, it, we're, I, we're not going to be able to conquer it. It's so scary. And it was because of that lack of faith, everyone then goes and they lack faith in God. Oh, we're going to die here. We're we're never going to be able to conquer it. And God's like, see, this lack of faith, this lack of faith is what is going to keep you from walking in the promises. It's what's going to keep you wandering in the wilderness. It's what's going to keep you in bondage. And yet here we are again, needing to send some spies in. And, And I love Joshua, instead of sending 12, he sends two. He's probably thinking, only two came back faithful last time. One of those spies was me that came back faithful. I'm only sending in two because I don't want to have ten come back and we start this whole journey all over again. But he sends two. And, and I want us to, to understand, again, this, this point of faith. It's not only vital to this story. It's vital to your story. It's vital to my story. It's, it's absolutely vital to us in this unprecedented time that we find ourselves in. And it is going to require us to have a greater faith, a deeper faith in that God is who he says he is. He is leading us. He's going to care for us. He's going to provide for us. And we just need to continue to trust in him. And so as we enter into the story of Rahab, we're going to see how faith comes into the forefront. And it not only changes her story, but it changes the legacy of what's to come. And so uh, let's jump into our text. Uh, Joshua 2. And Joshua the son of Nun sent two men secretly from Shittim as spies, saying, Go view the land, especially Jericho. And they went and came into the house of a prostitute whose name was Rahab and lodged there. And it was told to the king of Jericho, Behold, men of Israel have come here tonight to search out the land. Then the king of Jericho sent to Rahab, saying, Bring out the men who have come to you who entered your house, For they have come to search out all the land. But the woman had taken the two men and hidden them. And she said, True, the men came to me, but I did not know where they were from. And when the gate was about to be closed at dark, the men went out, and I do not know where the men went. Pursue them quickly, for you will overtake them. But she had brought them up to the roof and hid them with the stalks of flax that she had laid on on the roof. So the men pursued after them on the way to the Jordan as far as the fords, and the gate was shut as soon as the pursuers had gone out. Now before the men lay down, she came up to them on the roof and said to the men, I know that the Lord has given you the land, and that the fear of you has fallen upon all of us, and that all the inhabitants of the land melt away before you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you when you came out of Egypt, And when you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan, to Sion and Og, whom you devoted to destruction. And as soon as we heard it, our hearts melted and there was no spirit left in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in the heavens above and on the earth beneath. Now then, please swear to me by the Lord that as I have dealt kindly with you, you also will deal kindly with my father's house. And give me a sign that you will save alive my father and mother, my brothers and sisters and all who belong to them and deliver our lives from death. And the men said to her, our life for yours, even to death. If you do not tell this business of ours, then when the Lord gives us the land, we will deal kindly and faithfully with you. Then she let them down by the rope through the window for her house was built into the city wall. So that she lived in the wall and she said to them, go into the hills or the pursuers will encounter you and hide there three days until the pursuers have returned that afterward you may go your way. And the men said to her, we will be guiltless with respect to this oath of yours that you have made us swear and behold, we will come into the land. You shall tie this scarlet cord in the window through which you let us down and you shall gather into your house, your father and mother, your brothers and all your father's household. We thank you that it is living and breathing, and we thank you that there's so much that we can pull from Rahab's story, God. I just pray that you would speak to us, that we would respond in obedience, Lord, and that you truly would, God, just lead, in, lead us into a greater faith here today. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. So how many of you have seen the the Back to the Future trilogy? It is absolutely one of my favorite movies of all time and i just had the opportunity to binge watch it again on netflix the other day thank you netflix because this movie is incredible and uh, if you have not seen back to the future then i'm sure you are one of the people that at family reunions they're looking at you wondering how in the world can we be related because how have you not seen back to the future if you haven't check it out it is a classic um but if you haven't seen it and if you have, we know that the whole point of the movie is the scientist Doc Brown invents a time machine and, and things go awry, right? Uh, and uh, a lot goes down uh, with this teenager Marty who is friends with Doc and and things go down with his current family, his future family, and his past family. But there's this common thread that runs through all three movies and it's this idea that one Moment, One decision can rewrite what has been done in history and what is to come in the future. See, these choices that we make, both big and small, uh, they matter in our, with regards to our future and the future branches of our family tree. Um, Rahab's past, present, and future leading up to this moment with the spies uh, is one of unfaithfulness. You know, The Bible lets us know quite a few times what her occupation was. Um, It was the label that followed her around. Her choices made her who she was and it was what she was known for. She wasn't Rahab the girl down the street or Rahab such and such's daughter. No, she was known as Rahab the prostitute. Everyone knew it. See, even the two Israelite spies knew where to go. It was common during this time that the military spies and military strategies would take place in in brothels such as Rahab's because it, was, it wasn't an unfamiliar scene to see all sorts of foreign men going in and out of these places. And so even the king of Jericho, when he heard there were two spies in town, he knew it, they've got to be at Rahab's. And so that's why he went there. How horrible is that? that, you know, I've been to a lot of funerals and, and when people give eulogies of, of men and women, they are known for a lot of things. Oh, she, He was a great father. or She was a great mother. Or they were the kindest people that I had ever met or they were so generous. But at this point in time, Rahab's eulogy is going to read Rahab the harlot. But all of that is about to change. See, Rahab's entire story And that of her family and the generations to come is about to change because of one thing and one thing only. Faith in God. Because, see, faith changes everything. See, if we didn't know the story, uh, when the king of Jericho comes in, we would fully expect Rahab to give up the spies. I mean, what benefit was it for her to save them? You know, she would die if the king found out that she was hiding them. Or on the surface, you would think she would give them up and then just go on in the same cycle that she had been in. But here's why Rahab didn't do that. Because she believed in the God of Israel. She believed in what she had heard about him. See, look at what it says, verse 8 through 11. Before the men laid down, she came up to them on the roof and said to the men, I know faith that the Lord has given you this land, and that the fear of you has fallen upon us, and that all the inhabitants here uh, of the land melt away before you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you when you came out of Egypt, and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan, to Sion and Og, whom you devoted to destruction. And as soon as we heard it, our hearts melted, And there was no spirit left in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, listen to this, he is God in heavens above and on earth beneath. See, do you see it? Rahab had simply heard of what God had done and believed in him. There was an entire generation of Israelites that had experienced it that had seen it with their own two eyes and didn't get to enter the promised land because they lacked the faith and doubted that God was going to do what he said he was going to do. Yet here we have an Amorite harlot professing for the Lord your God. He is the God of heavens above and on the earth beneath, and this land is his. Everything is his. Rahab has faith in the power of God, and she believes in his power to lay waste to the stronghold that she has lived in her entire life. And here's the amazing thing. Jericho wasn't just this physical stronghold that she had lived in her entire life. But it was a spiritual one too. It represented her lifestyles, her choices, the darkness and evil that she and and the generations before her had lived in and accepted. But by faith, Rahab is becoming free. She wants to change and and write a new future for her family. She knows and believes in the power of God. and She wants to live in freedom, not die in sin. She asks the Israelite spies to save her life and her entire family. And they promise to. She just has to, to hang this scarlet cord in her window. And they will know when they come to bring destruction and death that because that scarlet cord is there, they know they're going to save her and protect her. Y'all, I love the symbolism of Scripture. The Israelites had left their own bondage in Egypt, and they put blood on their doorposts so that death would not touch them, even though it touched all the rest of Egypt. And here... As they go to enter the promised land and kill everything in Jericho, Rahab is hanging a scarlet cord from her window. Rahab and her household will be spared. Why? Because she belongs to God, which is what the blood on the doorpost signified in Egypt. And it is what it is signifying, having a scarlet cord right here and right now. Rahab belongs to God by what? By faith. By faith. Yes, she helped out the spies, but it's her faith in God. It's her trust that God is who he says he is, that in this moment, it is faith that is saving her. And it's the same thing that sets me and you free today from our sins, our past, our bondage, our wrong mindsets, our wrong choices, the generational bondage within our family trees, faith in Jesus. See, when we choose faith in him, we are covered in his blood. And we get to enter into a promised salvation and a promise of freedom and power and a future and abundant life. Why? Because faith changes everything. Changed everything for Rahab and her family. When the walls of Jericho fell, Rahab's entire life and family was spared and they all entered into their new life. Understand that when you choose faith, it's not just impacting you. It impacts everyone in your life, both presently and in the generations to come. You know, I've seen this personally. When I was saved, it led to both of my parents getting saved. And and then now they talk about their faith with their siblings and their friends. And one decision of faith is having a ripple effect that we can't even measure. See, do you see faith as a moment or do you see it as a lifestyle? Do you see your faith like an article of clothing that you choose when and where you want to use it? Or do you meet every choice and every decision, every encounter with faith and the knowledge that it can bring down walls, save lives, change stories, heal wounds, uh, transform cultures and bring a new life and freedom? See, all of that happened with Rahab through faith. And so there are a couple of thoughts that I want to leave us with today. One is misplaced faith is unfaithfulness. A true pure faith is placed solely on God. See, we can leave a legacy of faith or we can leave a legacy of things that fight against faith. You see, in my family tree there's a lot of warriors. And that got passed down through the generations to me. And that is something that I have consistently been at war with in my life. And uh, whether as a husband, a father, a son, a pastor, a friend. And and I have found myself in Jericho quite a few times where the strongholds of fear trap me. And it hinders me from walking in the fullness of the promised land that God has given to me. See, James even warns us of this in James chapter 1, verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously To all without reproach, and it will be given him, but let him ask in what faith, with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. See, the reality is fear is misplaced faith because it's placing my trust on the circumstance or, or the what ifs or the possible outcomes and every other factor but God. That's what led the Israelites to wander in the wilderness. And not experience the promise because they didn't trust the only one who could truly provide true freedom. See, everyone in Jericho was terrified and they let fear grip them. And instead of turning, repenting, and acknowledging God, they sat in fear and trusted the walls. But Rahab in the face of fear chose to have faith in God. See, look, there's a lot of fear in our world right now. But the only thing that can truly change a circumstance, an outcome, a mindset, or trout's fear is faith in God. And if you doubt that, then I want to encourage you, evaluate that, because our faith can't be limited and shouldn't be uh, secondary to facts and figures and science and so-called intellect. See, because our God is the creator of the universe, and we should trust him over anything else. But see, maybe fear isn't what is at war with your faith. Maybe your faith is misplaced and maybe you trust news channels more, politicians more, your bank accounts more, more of your wisdom or your expertise or that of someone else. But hear me, misplaced faith is unfaithfulness. True, pure faith is placed solely on God. We need to embrace this truth and walk in it. The walls of Jericho as a fortress proved to be a misplaced faith for everyone in Jericho that day. And their unfaithfulness in it, and all of their idols and and sinful lifestyles led to their demise. But the faith in God for Rahab saved her and her family. Decades of unfaithfulness were wiped out in one moment of faithfulness. The second thing is there is power behind every choice. See, we have established that our choices matter, right? that each one sends us on a path that affects us and, and those around us that every choice has the power to change our lives for the good or for the bad but what i want us to recognize is do you see that the power behind a choice oh. see emotions can have power culture can have power experience can have power and while they can inform our choices they shouldn't be the power behind what moves us see Ephesians six twelve says for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood but against the rulers against the authorities against the cosmic powers over this present darkness against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places see there is a war for our choices and the enemy would love nothing more than for everything else but God to dictate them see but our greatest influence is And what should be the driving force behind how we live and love and see and engage with the world should be the Holy Spirit. See, God has made you unique and has given you certain liberties and personality traits. But we need to make sure that we are pursuing him above all else, especially in our choices. So what power is behind your choices? Is it the Holy Spirit? Uh, Is it in the promises of God? Is it your faith or is it something else? What is leading you to make the choices you are making evaluate it? Is it your pride that you think your way is the right way and, and so you are just going to make the choice to ignore everyone else's advice or opinions? You know, are you choosing to sit on the sidelines and not take a risk because you are worried that you might fail? You know, are you choosing to not go after a dream because uh, you are, are too afraid to put yourself out there? You see, we make these choices without even realizing the motivating factor behind them. You know, we've given power to the things that should never be calling the shots in our lives or making the choices for us. See, how many of us are are aware that a lot of the choices we make are rooted in generations of wrong thinking? that get passed down and retaught that one person's brokenness then gets passed on from generation to generation until it is broken. See, I, I don't think Rahab came to be a prostitute because she had this that ambition in life to become one. See, I believe it was because she grew up in an environment that didn't instill self-worth or purity. She was surrounded by a culture of darkness and and wrong thinking. And, and that was just cultivated with where she was. And, and she just embraced that environment that she grew up in. And I wonder how many of us have just embraced thought processes and perceptions and worldviews and ideas about ourselves and about others and and about things that was all a product of generations of heartache and and brokenness and lies and darkness. See, we need to evaluate and identify why we are making this decision that we are making and whether or not it is motivated by the Holy Spirit or God's word or or my seeking him and his will. Or if there was some other power behind it. See, what was the power behind Rahab's conversion? Fear of death? Probably had something to do with it. But where did that power turn her to? Faith and trust in God. She she could have let fear dictate the decision and lead her down a number of different paths. But she chose to respond to that fear with faith. See, there may be some other force trying to influence the decision and have the power over them but we have to bring that to Jesus and filter it through him and his word and the power behind the decision needs to be through faith in him and lastly the only label that matters in this world is child of God you know i really started to feel bad for rahab she could never shake the label harlot See, even in in Hebrews chapter 11, where it applauded her for her faith, it says Rahab, the prostitute. But the truth is, she wasn't that any longer. She was a child of God and was accounted as faithful. The prostitute label might have, have referenced her path, but the faithful label represented her present and future. She became a child of God, and that, ladies and gentlemen, is the label that matters. God redeemed her story and brought forth the Messiah from her lineage. So what's your story? What labels from your past have have you carried into your present that you are still allowing to hang heavy on you? When you choose to have faith in Jesus, uh, are are you choosing to lay those down and embrace how he sees you? Or as child of God, or are you carrying all those things from your past along with you? Every time you choose faith in every circumstance, you are declaring no stronghold or mistake or shortcoming or lifestyle or generational curse has power over you in your life. You are free in him by what? Faith. Oh, the power of faith. So what labels do you need to shed? What labels are defining you? What labels are you seeing when you look in the mirror? Lay them down and speak the label of truth over your life. And what faith that you are what a child of God. See, even your family might have been defined by certain labels that you were not proud of. Certain things that have always just been a part of your family that you're like, oh, I just wish this wasn't true. But today you can start a new legacy and you can declare, no, we are children of God. And going forward, that is what we are going to be known by. And we are going to live by faith. So in closing, unfaithful Rahab became faithful to Rahab. She hung the scarlet cord from her window, and when the Israelite army came marching around the walls of Jericho and they fell, Rahab was saved. Joshua 6, verses 22 through 25. But to the two men who had spied out the land, Joshua said, Go into the prostitute's house and bring out from there the woman and all who belonged to her, as you swore to her. So the young men who had been spies went in and brought out Rahab and her father and mother and brothers and all who belonged to her. And they brought out all her relatives, put them outside the camp of Israel, and they burned the city with fire and everything in it. Only the silver and gold and the vessels of bronze and iron they put into the treasury of the house of the Lord. But Rahab the prostitute and her father's household and all who belonged to her, Joshua saved alive. And she has lived in Israel to this day because she hid the messengers whom Joshua sent. To spy out Jericho. A moment of faith. Changed the outcome for Rahab and her family. And a moment of faith in your life. Could change the outcome for you and your family. Where are you placing that faith? You placing it in what you've known? You placing it in the walls of just. Whatever security that you deem. In your life. Or is it truly found in the only true security. And the only true one that can help you and heal you and, and save you in God. Faith in Jesus will guide you. And when you exercise faith, and and it's not a one-time deal, when you choose a lifestyle of faith, the ripple effects can't be measured. So it's going to dictate your choice is faith or something else. Because I'll tell you a legacy of faith is the greatest legacy that you can have. Just ask Rahab. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for your faithfulness. God, I feel like there might be somebody listening to my voice right now that has not made that initial decision of faith that, you know what, you are the one true God. I want to put my faith in you today and receive your salvation. If that's you, just repeat this simple prayer. God, I'm a sinner. Forgive me for my past and all the mistakes that I have done. God, I believe that you sent your one and only son, Jesus, to die on the cross and that his blood now covers my sins and that he rose again three days later, laying waste to death and that through him I now have eternal life. Thank you for saving me. I believe in you. You are my Savior. If you prayed that prayer, you are now a new creation. The Bible says you are now a new creation. The old is gone and passed away. And so whatever your past was until this moment, it is wiped clean by the blood of Jesus. Keep your eyes fixed on him and follow him as he leads you. And Father, I also believe that, that there are people that are listening to my voice that, you know what? They haven't been allowing faith in you and trust in you to dictate their choices and and they're leaving a legacy behind that maybe they aren't proud of or, or maybe that is trusting other things other than you. I just pray right now over them that we would be a people, that we would be a community that believes in you, that trusts you above all else, even what we see, what we experience, no matter what the circumstances present. We are going to declare your goodness. We are going to declare our faith and our trust in you, knowing that there is no better place to put our faith, God. God, we thank you for your goodness, and we thank you for your faithfulness, Lord. Let us walk in it boldly. We love you, and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Love you guys. God bless (music) y'all.
1: Shouting down the line, it echoes through the night. The precious blood of Christ speaks a better word, speaks a better word. Your blood, the of righteousness, your blood, open my tears. Your blood forever covers me Oh, forever covers me It's making all things right The precious blood of Christ It's rewriting my history It covers me with destiny It's making all things right The precious blood of Christ He's rewriting my history. Oh. oh. All things right. The precious blood. Of-
0: We sure hope you enjoyed your time and worship today here at Salem Fields Community Church. We want to make sure you're staying connected with us all week long. So please, if you can, uh, join us for our Facebook Live um, Deeper Dive uh, every Monday at 2 p.m. We have our Journey Takeover that takes place um, every Tuesday. We meet with Pastor Tone throughout our social media platforms. As well as we have our lunch breaks that take place on noon, our Zoom lunch breaks that take place at noon on Wednesdays and Fridays um, with Pastor Chris, and we have our family connect on Thursday. Hey, and every Thursday night, if you know someone that could benefit that has a hurt habit or hang up that just, uh, and you need just a, a place to go and gather, join us live at the Salem Fields building every Thursday night at 7 p.m. for Celebrate Recovery. These are great ways to stay connected, and don't forget that if you want to attend the services at Salem Fields every Sunday morning at 9 a.m., we have a live service to so go ahead and register for those services by visiting SalemFields.com reopening and to find out more information about that. We hope that you have a great day, and God bless, and we'll see you again next week.